Welcome back, everybody. This is Eric and Chad here with Iraq Veteran 8888, and today we've got another gun gripe episode for you. All right, this one's a doozy, and we're talking about HR 1808, uh, the new assault weapons ban of 2021, uh, which, you know, it's made it out of committee. It's going to the floor in the House for a vote. Uh, this is on the heels literally just yesterday. They were, you know, having a big meeting about it, and uh, actually, pretty comical things uh, happened in that particular. Uh, committee hearing, which we will kind of get into some of the saucy things that occurred. But, uh, you know, it's just more of the same, ain't it, Chad? <sighs> you guys have been here before with us. You know. Y'all all know. Right. Yeah. So, you know, Eric brings me out of the basement occasionally, you know, the editing dungeon to do these gun gripes. <laughs> like, hey, they're trying to pass another assault weapons ban. Come on up here. Yes, master. Let's cry. <laughs> We got some. We got some complaining to do. Some some well, complaining. Some, sometimes the video just merits a proper gun gripe, where we get together and we just really spitball some ideas back and forth. And you know what? Sometimes we just see just throw spaghetti to the wall and see what sticks. And it seems like you know that type of premise is what they're yeah. what Congress is always trying to do with these assault weapons yeah. bans because they they likely know that it's not going to make it through the Senate. It might scrape by in the House. It might not. It likely won't get get through in the Senate. But it's just like we've always said. It's like they're throwing spaghetti at the wall, wet spaghetti, and they see what sticks. And as long as one little piece sticks, that's that's a victory to them. So they don't care about the moral consequence. They don't care about what's right and wrong. They don't care about the constitutionality of what they're trying to put through. All they care about is infringement. Mm. And you know, there was a lot of things that went on in this uh, in this committee hearing. And look, I got to give a big shout out to Thomas Massey, always Chip Roy. Did a great job. I mean, there were several people on the pro-gun side that gave some very valid arguments and also uh, refuted some of the very clear uh, <laughs> shortcomings of the opposition. And we're going to get into some of that. But it's just crazy the amount of ignorance, willful ignorance, that is present with these people. Always. I mean, it. it we're, we're basically just rinsing and repeating this like we always do, but... They never learn. As many times as these Congress people or senators have put forth these assault weapons bans, they never learn what they're actually banning and how just inconsequential a lot of the parts and pieces are. I mean, like, I don't remember if it was Massey or who had a, a poster up during the committee hearing with a, a Mini 14 on it, right? One was tacked out, you know, with a collapsible stock and a pistol grip. And a right? thing that goes up. And a thing that goes up. <laughs> a shoulder thing that goes up. And it had the the rifle here with a big, you know, no symbol on it. And then the parts over here, like the internal components. All right. And then below that you had a woodstocked version. This this configuration is a no no, but this one, you know, this one's okay. Uh, you know, and the parts are the same. Mm. And I think Massey it performs was, the same yeah, job. Massey was trying to make a point that hey, like you want to ban these cosmetic features, which absolutely have nothing to do with the function of the weapon. This is arbitrary nonsense. And I think it was it was either Cicilline or Nadler who was like, 
well, being shot by either one of them, you know, it's going to be the same. Like, what are you talking about, man? It was just ridiculous. It was painful to listen to the commentary. Nadler, Nadler has clear contempt for the Second Amendment. Oh, absolutely he and, does. you know, it's a dangerous set of circumstances where someone who obviously hates your rights and wants to deprive you of your ability to protect yourself. He made it quite clear. And look, the common use type of yeah. mentality, right? I mean, the Heller decision... And the Bruin decision have been some pretty important, you know, landmark, um, you know, Supreme Court cases that have come through. But of course, right, common use is a factor that comes into play uh, when these lawmakers are supposed to consider common use when it comes to writing gun legislation. So it was actually brought up in this uh, committee hearing. Um, I believe I, I forget exactly who it was, but th- but they were asking Nadler, you know, well. So you want to ban like most of the guns that are commonly in use? And Nadler's like, yeah, that's correct. And he's like, well, so just to clarify, guns that are in common use, these are the ones you want to ban. And, and to which Nadler, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, to which Nadler said, well, we want to ban them because they're in common use. Yeah, that's precisely why we want to ban them, because they're mm-hmm. in common use. Oh, my gosh, you could not be more ignorant. You know, and that they're, they're sitting here touting facts like, oh, well, a bump stock uh, is a brace and a brace is a bump stock. That was, like, Cis- was Cicilline. Oh my I mean, God! He made what? willful ignorance. He made a mistake. I mean, and a and a glowing mistake, you know, and did not correct himself on it. But he was showing a photograph of a, a braced handgun, you know, an AR pistol, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he was talking about how that particular item in question increases the rate of fire, <laughs> you know, and it turns it into an automatic weapon. Yeah. I'm like, and and Massey corrected him on it, and he just was like, "Well, uh, it's still, it, it's it still needs to to be banned, you know. This, this you know, this is what we're talking about." Mm-hmm. And he just, I, yeah, and and Nadler, I, I believe it was Thomas Massey also that made the point that you know the SKS and variants of the SKS and the M1 Garand are not on your ban list. Uh, to which Nadler, and again, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, to which Nadler said, well, those are antique guns or unwieldy, you know, they're, they're not practical weapons. Excuse mm-hmm. me? It was none other than Patton himself that said that the M1 Garam was the, the greatest, greatest battle, battle implement, implement ever, ever. devised. <laughs> and that's a tall statement for a general to make about an infantryman's rifle. When you have tanks, you have battle tanks, you have landing craft, you have aircraft, you have bombs, you have all of these tools at your disposal, and a general is going to sit there and say that an infantryman's rifle is the greatest battle implement ever devised. Well, it turns out Patton was correct. Mm-hmm. The M1 Garand was a game changer. And you know what? In proper hands, it's still a game changer. So they want to talk about all these features. You know, oh, the, the rifle's scary looking. You know, for some reason, the AR-15 has just become the poster child of what they hate the most in terms of what they want to try to ban. But yet you notice with the militarization of the police force, right? And you see more patrol officers carrying AR-15s, carrying shotguns, carrying, you know, uh, different types of rifles and submachine guns or what have you, right? Uh, I don't have a problem with that because we have that stuff. I mean, that's the point of the Second Amendment is for all of us to have the same firepower at our disposal that our potential oppressors might have. And that is an important thing to consider. We're not saying that the police and military are bad people with bad intentions. Most of them are, are good, red-blooded people just like the rest of us and want to do the right thing. And they would love to put themselves in danger if they you know, knew it would protect somebody. The majority of them are probably pretty good people all around, right? Except, however, the, uh, except the ones in Uvalde. However, yeah, the ones in Uvalde, not so much. Yeah. But 
However, you have to say the Second Amendment is intended for the civilian populace to have the access to the same firepower that their potential oppressors may have. Absolutely. And uh, and I've always believed that strongly. And, you know, now, is this gun bill going to go anywhere in the Senate? Likely not, but it doesn't mean you need to sit on your hands. I mean, we need well, to make sure we're staying abreast of this. All right, so look, the, the worry is, you know, the the previous the previous bill that went through the House – went through the Senate, and was signed by the president, you know, it didn't have any assault weapons ban language, magazine ban restrictions, anything like that. It dealt with, you know, mental health issues. It gave money to the states to implement red flag laws. Yeah, the, had the bipartisan Safer Communities yes. Act is what he's so referring we, to. We did a video on that recently, and it passed with bipartisan support. Uh, I think it passed with uh, 62 votes in the Senate, so it was at least – 12 maybe maybe more than that it was like 12 or 14 republicans that sided with the democrats to get that passed if i remember correctly so the fear is that this bill will um will go down the same line right but if we look back at previous assault weapon ban like attempts you know in the congress uh, we see that a lot of Democrats don't want to vote for it. They don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole because they remember what happened in 1996 after the 94 crime bill and assault weapons ban was put into place. They lost their asses, all right, in the midterms. And historically speaking, if there's a Democrat in the White House and the Democrats have control of the Congress, they're likely going to lose it in the midterms. That's just usually the way things go, and vice versa. If Republicans have control in the White House, the opposite takes effect, right? Uh, only very rarely do we see uh, a party in power retain that power throughout the entire uh, presidency through the midterm, right? So the biggest thing, I think, is worrying about Republicans jumping ship and, you know, the, the same rhinos voting the same way again in the Senate if this gets through the House, which it, it's kind of like a 50-50 toss-up right now because there's Republicans that are retiring, there's Democrats that are retiring, there's people on both sides that don't want anything to do with this bill. So, yeah, yeah let's talk about it a little bit. We but. will. I would just like to add, you know, you know, in 94 with the original crime bill, yeah, the Democrats lost their hats in the next election. So, you know, there, there's a couple of different strategic things that we consider with this. One would be that, okay, well, if you know you're on the way out, you might as well pull the curtains off the walls and, and break dishes on the way mm -hmm. out and be a belligerent butthole on the way out right i mean it's like getting kicked out of a restaurant <laughs> okay like now i don't have any experience with getting kicked out of a restaurant that i'm ever going to admit to but some people when they get kicked out of a place they're going to you know cause a scene on the way out so maybe this is their way of causing a scene and knowing that hey at least we we tried and trying to pander to their voting base or whatever but i think Honestly, to call that their voting base uh, as being people that are so anti-gun that they want to, you know, essentially ban, you know, most of the common firearms in civilian possession, I don't think that's their base anymore like they quite think it is. I mean, I think that there's a lot more people that are crossing the aisle that might be, you know, traditionally liberal, leftist, let's just say Democrat uh, gun owners that, you know, the Second Amendment is important to them, mm -hmm. right? And and maybe they're going to go, you know what, maybe I should reconsider my, my voting uh, prowess here because you know what I'm not going to vote for somebody that's going to wantonly and, and and on clear display uh, violate my my right to bear arms, especially when look at how crazy things have been happening in the last couple of years, all the looting, the riots, all the violence. You know, people doing all this crazy stuff, and 
to be fair, there are people on the left side of the equation, let's just say people that are more traditionally Democrat or left-leaning, or maybe they're in the middle of the aisle towards the middle of the line where the, you know, where the lines blur a bit. Those people are thinking, wait a minute, this doesn't represent me. Like, I'm not this kind of person. I don't agree with this, with this craziness in terms of going that far down the rabbit hole. So I guess it's just sort of a, of a, um, let's just say an appeal if you will, to those of you that are a little bit more left-leaning and maybe you don't agree with us on everything. I understand that. You know, maybe there are certain things that you view people like me as supporting that you would never support in a million years. I understand that. But we must approach the Second Amendment as this sacred jewel that we should all protect with our lives if necessary because the Second Amendment is what keeps us all honest and keeps us all protected and gives us the tools uh, actually doesn't grant anything to us. The Second Amendment is clear instructions to the government to stay away, right? It's it's a restriction on the government, not a restriction on you as an individual, as a person, right? The Second Amendment provides a boundary between our firearms and our ability to protect ourselves and those that would take them away. So with that in the back of your heads here, we're going to go over some of the language in, in, uh, in 1808 and kind of talk about, we have a summary here of the bill and... Uh, Pretty much, it's a rewash 94 bill with no sunset at the end of the day. And it lists many, many guns by name and manufacturer type and also provides some other... It, it's it's a way worse version of the 94 bill with no sunset clause, essentially, is, is what this is. More but or less. we will go through some of the bullet points because it does uh, tweak the language of the original bill you know, a pretty good bit. And we've always made the joke that, like, Diane Feinstein like pulls the old band off and takes the dust and goes and like blows the dust off and goes, here you go, little kids and hands it to him, you know, and it's oh. like just a rewash version of the same thing with so, a, you like scratch out the date and just put a new date on it. It's like, uh, I, I imagine it being like an old classic Bible or something like that. You open up, it's got notes all in it. So the original like assault weapons band is kind of like that. Everybody's added their little notes and everything like that. And then there's a, Maybe a stenographer or something that sits back and, you know, types it up. Oh. Right. So. Well, take us home, Chad. Let's right. get into this a little so, bit. So look, um, there's a few things. Hang on. Let me get my, my screen back up. All right. One of the big things we'll talk about in a minute is the semi auto handguns. Just how many that this bill would technically ban, which is insane. All right. But you guys have been down this road with us before. Okay. You know where it leads. All right, so... It's not anywhere <clears throat> good. No. The, all right, so this bill makes it a crime to knowingly import, sell, manufacture, transfer, or possess a semi-automatic assault weapon, parentheses, saw. Yeah, they are now calling it a, a saw. saw. Instead of... So they're they're sort of getting away from this assault weapons language yeah. and trying to, to, to paint all semi-autos as a, as, s- as a specific weapon that deems, you know... <laughs> <laughs> semi-automatic assault weapon. All right. And a large capacity ammunition feeding device. Right. right. And of course, law enforcement's exempt. You oh, gotta always. Keep, look, keep this in the back of your mind that yeah. they want this to apply to you, but it won't apply to Congress. It won't apply to their bodyguards. It won't apply to their security details. It won't apply to the police. <laughs> this yep. is only to put the boot on your neck. Yes, mm-hmm. that includes you, Democrats. Yep. Okay. If you're watching this, <clears throat> look, I'm not shaming somebody for being a Democrat. I don't care if you're a Democrat, but dude, come on. You can't vote for people like this that are trying to do this kind of stuff. Like, we, there's got to be a better way. I mean, we've said it before, but like, Democrats 
own guns too, to yes. a certain degree. I know. You know? Like, and and more Democrats are buying guns than any other time in the history of our country. So the gun issue is becoming a, a, a blurred medium, which and that's really what it needs to be anyway. Sorry. Yep. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> so I can't of, help it. Of course. <laughs> of course. The prohibition does not apply to a firearm that is one, manually operated by bolt, pump, lever, or slide action. Two, permanently inoperable. Well, what what use is that, you know? Three, an antique. Four, a rifle or shotgun specifically identified by make and model. Oh, how kind of them. So what happens when the M16 is 100 years old and it's an antique? So technically, like, to be on the Cure and Relic list, usually those guns are 50 years old or older. Right, so does that mean I can have an original Vietnam era M16A1? No. And, uh, you know? No, because, you know, government says, uh-uh. All right. All right. So look, all right. This bill um, exempts, let's see. This bill also exempts from the prohibition the following with respect to a saw or a LCAFD. Uh, importation sale. Yeah. Importation sale, manufacturer transfer, possession related to certain law enforcement efforts or authorized tests or experiments. Well, uh, importation sale or transfer possession. What if I want to test it out on a criminal? Yeah, right. Securing your material. All right. Yeah. That's, that's all bull crap. All right. Um, Oh, uh, the bill permits continued possession, sale, transfer of, of a grandfathered saw, which must be securely stored. A licensed gun dealer must conduct a background check prior to the sale or transfer of a grandfathered saw between private parties. So, universal background checks. The bill, yeah, the bill allows the grandfathered items. All right, just like all right, the the term in '94 was pre-ban. Okay, you could buy pre-ban guns, but the prices whew, spiked up because of supply and demand. Everybody wanted, you know, a real useful AR, not some neutered gobbledygook that yeah. didn't, you know, it, it changed the cosmetic appearance and some of the useful features, but it, it didn't change anything about the function of the the firearm itself. This bill would absolutely gut the gun industry and they know oh, it. Oh, yeah. Right. Because look at, all of the awesome things in terms of technology that the gun industry has put forth in just the last decade. I mean, all the pistol technology is so cool. I mean, look at all the awesome gun designs. And they're being made right here in the U.S. in many cases, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Kalishnikov USA, they're manufacturing in the U.S. now, right? Glock is manufacturing in the U.S. Uh, as far as I know, many of their mm -hmm. guns Smyrna. are being manufactured here now in Smyrna. FN. Right? You got FN mm -hmm. that's building plants here. Smith & Wesson just relocated. Smith & Wesson just had their first billion-dollar year with a B, boys and girls. That was billion. 2021, right? Right. Yeah. So we're, we're talking an unprecedented time in the gun industry where more people are choosing to arm themselves than ever before in the history of the United States. <clears throat> and these anti-gunners can't stand it. It drives them nuts, especially when you see the shooting at the, at the mall shooting mm -hmm. and the Good Samaritan stepped in and capped this dickweed, okay, and stopped him dead in his tracks. In fact, he died on the bathroom floor, probably covered in his own urine and the urine of many other people, which is quite fitting for someone like that. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, at least he had his mask on still. He did have his mask. He's not going to get COVID. Or spread it. Or spread no. it. He's a responsible mass shooter yeah. doing his part. Ridiculous. And it didn't stop high-velocity lead, did it? No. I all digress. Right. So, Sorry, um, boys and girls. All right, same kind of thing here with magazines. The bill permits continued possession of, but prohibits the sale or transfer of a grandfathered magazine. So you can keep your mags, you just can't sell them to anybody. But 
the the idiotic <laughs> thing is magazines are not serial numbered, at least ones prior to the passage of this bill, because after this bill was, you know, theoretically passed, newly manufactured uh, magazines must display serial number identification and they must display the date of manufacture. Mm-hmm. So if you remember um, uh, old, like, Bushmaster, old cult magazines, uh, like uh, HK magazines, things like that, that would come in, you know, being imported and stuff, they would have, like, a month and a date on them after 94. And they would usually say law enforcement use. Remember yeah. those magazines say LE use yeah. only, yeah. restricted. So like those I things, got one floating around okay. there. those things are you know like a them. relic of a bygone era at this point. But <clears throat> but anyway, so that's just kind of the thing with with the bill with the as they call it large capacity magazines. They are standard capacity magazine for an AR-15 uh, type firearm, right? I mean, let's face it, thirty round mags are the standard. For those rifles, I mean, it's just ridiculous. All right, and then the other, the the last thing really is that the bill allows uh, state and local governments to use um, Edward Byrne Memorial Justice Assistant Grant Program funds. Well, that's a mouthful to compensate individuals who surrender, um, yeah, to surrender a saw or a large capacity ammunition feeding device under a buyback program. So the same, the same regurgitated nonsense. You know, using tax dollars put into these funds to buy back weapons that were never theirs to begin with just to get them off the streets. All right, so the the way the wording is as it pertains to the banning of certain semi-automatic firearms, all right, this is ridiculous, all right? So HR 1808 bans any semi-automatic pistol with a detachable magazine and one of the following. The previous litmus test was two of the following. Right? During 94. All right. So, a threaded barrel, a second pistol grip, which, all right, hence the idiocy, because a second pistol grip on a handgun makes it in any other weapon, which puts it under NFA territory. Okay. A barrel shroud, an utterly useless item. It's, It's like the front thing that goes up. I mean, it's a barrel shroud. Oh, it makes it more deadly. That's always the argument. Oh, it's scary looking. Oh, my God. All right. The capacity to accept a detachable magazine at some location outside the pistol grip. You know, Tech 9s, many of the BNT firearms, Strybogs, things like that. All your PCCs, pretty much. Every single PCC, okay? Uh, a semi-automatic version of an automatic firearm. All right. How many of those are out there, right, where... A company produces a firearm for military and law enforcement, and they make a civilian version, right, that's semi-automatic. All right, how many of those are going to be banned? All of them, right? All right, uh, a manufactured weight of 50 ounces or more when unloaded. So there goes your large format pistols, right, your AR and AK pistols. All right. Basically, they're banning everything. Yep, and a stabilizing brace or similar component. So... It's just the the ambiguity in in the wording is is always there. They're never specific, and the reason I think that they're never very specific is because they are just so ignorant to gun law and firearms, like technology and manufacturing processes and components and things like that. How they're how they're made, how they're built, 
what the components actually do, the parts, parts and pieces. They are ignorant to it because they have absolutely no knowledge of firearms at all except what they fear. Yeah. I mean, when, when I hear someone say, like the word surrender, I'm sorry, that's not in my dictionary. I don't understand the word surrender. And they didn't understand that in World War II either. Uh, there was actually a story here uh, that I wanted to share about Anthony Clement uh, McAfee. I can't pronounce that last name. Uh, he was a senior United States Army officer who earned fame as acting commander of the 101st Airborne Division defending Bastogne, Belgium, during the Battle of the Bulge in World War II. He is celebrated for his one-word reply to a German surrender ultimatum. Nuts. <laughs> yeah, you're nuts. And that's exactly what you are if you think people are going to give up their firearms. Okay, listen. Over the last two decades, the young men and women of this country have fought your freaking wars and gone over there and got their butts shot to heck and back in the sandbox and over there in Afghanistan and all other places, many of which of those people are my friends that aren't alive now. Some of my friends died in those freaking wars, okay? And for the last two decades, you got these people that have been in politics for longer than we've been alive by a long stretch. You got people that have had political careers that are 50, 60 years, crazy stuff like that. You know, they're like dictators. I mean, they've been in politics longer than we've been alive and we've fought wars and we've lost our friends and we we've done what what we have felt, you know, what we were told. I mean, now, now granted, many of us are young. Like back in 05, I mean, I wasn't but like 19, 20 years old. You know, you're impressionable when you're young and and you want to serve your country. And many of us didn't we didn't know the difference. We didn't see the grift. We didn't see the military industrial complex for the machine that it was. But without getting on that tangent, the point is many of us, you know, by proxy made some of you freaking people very damn rich. OK, and the last thing that I'm going to sit here and stand for is for you and your powdered wigs up there on the hill who have never even gotten a callus on your freaking hands a day in your life to tell me and mine what weapons we can or cannot have or should or should not have when it's it's because of us, right? That you're, that you're even in the position you're in. You used people like us to further your goals and to make money and to, and to maintain the grift and to wash your money. Just like this crap that's going on in the Ukraine right now, that money's been laundered 10 times already that you've sent over there. We all see exactly what the heck is going on with all of this stuff. And we'll be damned if we're going to sit here and let you infringe on our rights. Never in a million years are we going to accept this. There's the video. I mean... We'll be seeing you. That's the bottom line. I mean, this this stuff just... They clearly have disregard for decency, for human rights. I mean, basic human rights, right? The Constitution gives you clear instructions to stay away, right, with the Bruin case. Now, we haven't even done a full-fledged gun gripe just on this recent Bruin case, but Clarence Thomas was very smart, uh, you know, in his wording when, when he, you know, talked about some of his, you know, reasonings for why he, you know, voted on this the way he did, why he, why he ruled on this the way that he did, all right? The original intent of the Constitution must be factored in and they're sending back a lot of these anti-gun bills to the lower courts. Well, when the Constitution was originally drafted, it didn't say anything about, well, you can't have this, you can't have that. You know, there was no limitation, right? So what he's essentially saying is it means what it says, and it says what it, mean, what it means, and the constitutional language present in the Second Amendment is clear and concise, and the lower courts must now use that 
as a determining factor in their decisions. They can't just make things up out of thin air. Also, without going on this tangent, because it's not directly related to 1808, but I guess in a way it sort of is, even if this were to go through the House, go through Congress, the Supreme Court would shoot this thing down because it's not in the original intention and spirit of the way the Second Amendment was written. When the Second Amendment was written, it didn't say you can't have, oh, if the technology gets better, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. No, it didn't say that. It says exactly what it says for the reason that it says it. And I'm just tired of people trying to rationalize some, they're trying to, you know, wordsmith some way to turn my rights into a second-rate right and when my generation, I mean, ever since I was an adult, all I've known is war my whole life. You know what I mean? Think about that. I mean, I don't know what it's like to live in peace. All we've known is war for the last 20 years. We're freaking tired of it. We're tired of this shit. And I just don't understand what it's going to take to make these people understand that they're not, they, they cannot cross this bridge. They can't. It's gonna this it's gonna splinter and burn down in their tracks as they step on it. There's just no way that something like this mm-hmm. should ever gain traction. This shouldn't even be a thought, much less a serious consideration. <laughs> and people like Thomas Massey, Chip Roy, uh, Lauren Brobert, um, Marjorie Taylor Greene. You know, there's very few congressmen and congresswomen that actually give a damn about your right to bear arms. That list is very short. When it should be the overwhelming majority of people that understand how important the right to bear, bear arms is. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. Like to look back on all of this over the last two decades and to see the, 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 you know, sort of transformation of what all this is, you know, the military industrial complex, the endless wars, the spending, the giant grift, um, the pendulum swinging back and forth every eight years. It's not a pendulum, it's an axe. And it's like a medieval torture chamber. And every eight years that pendulum swings, it gets a little lower and a little lower. And you have to sit above you and watch this axe incrementally get lower. Incrementalism will never bring back what incrementalism took away. And that is where we're sitting right now. We are like a frog in a boiling pot of water being brought up slowly to a boil. And that's a dangerous place to be in. And I don't think they understand the cat, the, the check they want to cash here. Fired up much. I mean, look, this pendulum is swinging back and forth is I not like, a look, viable political I, option. I, I love that thought because it's exactly right. You know, since we were young and we started voting and everything, it's like, oh yeah, vote conservative. <laughs> but now you see that a lot of conservatives are also our enemies when it comes to the 2A, right? And just other just God given rights. You know, you see both sides wanting to just deprive you day after day. And, you know, at, at this point, I'm almost 40, and I'm like, I, I told Eric earlier, like, I'm just, I'm sick of both sides. I'm sick of politics in general. But guess what? We're in the thick of it. You've got to be political to some degree. Yeah, I mean, Or they're you, going to take your rights away you right to, under your nose. You, you do. I mean, it's crazy. But, you know, just with, with, with precedents set like Heller, all right, which came up in the committee, like we mentioned earlier, with the uh, the common use idea, right? Um, guns that are in common use can't be touched, but people try to touch them anyways, right? They're just going to ignore precedence that's set by the Supreme Court, and that's why we have the government 
that we do. And that's why the founders were smart enough to set up three branches that have different power structures, but they all have to work within each other. If one passes something that's unconstitutional, then the Supreme Court comes in and they say, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, you didn't say the magic word, and they strike it down, just like, I hate this hacker shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh -uh -uh. (laughs) Dude, Samuel Jackson is epic in that movie. But for real, though, that's why we have checks and balances. So one branch of government doesn't have absolute power and control over the people. And that's why the Second Amendment is so important that we have the guns that are in common use, not just you know on a civilian level, but you know, we have the guns that are in common use by the military, you know, and law enforcement. Because, like Eric said, they would be our oppressors. I mean, law enforcement is who is going to do the dirty work of the po- uh, political parties, right? or or not. Listen, or not. Listen, every person has a choice. I don't give a crap what anybody says. You always have a choice. Every man and woman has a choice. You can make any choice, right? Don't let anybody ever tell you that that some paycheck should go above your principles, right? Just because they pass some bull crap like this, which I'm hopeful that this is going to get shot down pretty quick. But look, the fact is, this could pass. Who knows, right? Everybody has a choice to make. And when you... Raise that hand and you and and you give that oath, right? That oath is not to the government. The oath is to the people. The oath is to the Constitution. The Constitution protects the people and gives the government clear instructions of things that they can't do and things to stay away from. You are swearing an oath to the Constitution and to the people, not to the government. So you need to keep that in the back of your mind. You are not required to carry out unlawful orders. Okay? You are not. You're not required to do it. And even if it is the law, who cares? You have discretion to do whatever you want. Every person has a choice. And don't you forget that. Yep. And look, you know, there, the last two decades have been a really trying time for this country. The way we pulled out of Afghanistan was terrible. It was a terrible loss of life. It was a mockery. And these people continue to make a mockery of this great country. The left and right and, and right wing belong to the same bird and it ain't no noble eagle either it's a freaking vulture is what it is it's turned into a vulture i i would not dare make that that comparison to an eagle to a bald eagle because that bird represents freedom that's our bird right no it's a vulture the left and the right are a vulture attached to the same freak two two wings attached to the same ugly vulture grabbing at the scraps and and taking everything they can I'm tired of it. We're all tired of it. And it's just, it's crazy to see this type of stuff because it's just like, how out of touch could they, that's what gets me the most. How out of touch could these people possibly be to think that the bulk of society actually supports this after what's gone on the last two or three years in our society? Mm. You think people, you don't have the data at your disposal to see how many people are buying guns? I mean, have y'all, have y'all thought about that? How many people are actually buying guns and who is buying guns, right? More ladies, more minorities, tons of people on multiple sides of the political spectrum are choosing to earn themselves. And you're going to sit here and propose this garbage that just shows how out of touch they really are. Well, you know, maybe in the future we'll see things like um, the recent bill that passed through the Senate and all um, the Safer Communities Act. You know, it, it banned. Well, 
it changed the process for 18 to 21 year olds to purchase a firearm. You know, they have to go through an extended background check or an expanded background check mm-hmm. process, right? So how long before that's struck down by the courts in some form or fashion? How long until like red flag laws on state levels are struck down by lower courts? <clears throat> You know, this crap's going to come to a head. And like Eric mentioned in in other videos, um, you know, just the possibility of some of the unconstitutional laws that are already on the books being wiped off. I mean, like provisions like the NFA, which, I mean, one can be hopeful, but um, Bruin gives us a great starting point for redeeming some of the rights that we've, we've lost you know, or the access to the second amendment that we've lost over the years. So, but just the the introduction of this bill and, and just the committee hearing itself was a complete laughable mockery. I mean, it's just insane. But the thing is, there's so many people out there that are uneducated, Um, you know, just, Maybe willful ignorance. Maybe they just don't really care to learn about firearms at all, even if they're not interested in them. Um, they just kind of take what they're spoon fed and they just run with it. And there's too many people out there that believe like AR 15 is like, you know, Satan reincarnate almost. But if you look at FBI crime stats and things like that, you'll see that as we've mentioned many times in the past that they're used in very little crime and they can't really even be quantified how little crime they're used in. You know, handguns and blunt objects and things like that are used much more, but, you know, Congress people always go after the AR. It's it's just an iconic symbol of freedom overall, and that's what they want to attack. More people die from inserting foreign objects in their anus <laughs> than Look, die from an AR-15. It's funny. I, I, my my sister in law is a is an X ray tech, and uh, we see some very interesting things on Sundays at dinner. Like, look what I X rayed this week. I'm like, how to? I mean, how? Yeah. How it, it? Look, it it would it would frighten you how many times that this kind of crap occurs because people are just so dumb. But yeah. guess what? They vote, right? Yep. <laughs> Brandy, Brandy sent me a picture of a of a baseball. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember this. <laughs> okay, and so she was on her clinicals, you know, because she was at the time trained to be an EMT, and she she is an EMT. But you know, you go on your clinicals, and you have to do basically like a ride along when you're going in for an AMT EMT position. And sure enough, guy came in, complained about pain. They get the look in. And the dude tried to stuff a, a, a baseball. Oh, no, no, he succeeded. Oh, he succeeded, he succeeded in getting it in there. But uh, she said when the when the doctor grabbed this big like forceps and went to pop it out, it kind of made like a <laughs> sound. When it came out. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Oh. I digress. I digress. That's a terrible mental picture. I apologize. <laughs> oh, Listen, on a serious note, that we, we we cannot allow our society to devolve into this because criminals will always have guns. You're never going to stop it. You know, and there might be people at, at the end of the day that they feel that their intentions are right by this. And, and maybe that's what they truly believe. They truly believe that they're doing the right thing. But the data shows otherwise, right? There are many situations where good, honest people are going to use these commonly, commonly made and commonly owned firearms to protect themselves, mm. their communities, their homes, 
each other. And I'm telling you, the last thing that these people, this this government, the last thing they want is for people to come together and put their differences aside and realize that the Second Amendment is way more important and bigger than us. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than a political party. It's bigger than ideologies. The Second Amendment is what is keeping them from destroying you in every way they want. It's what keeping them from welding your door shut. It's what's keeping them from forcing you uh, to, to do whatever they want you to do. The Second Amendment is the last line in the sand, guys. That's it. If we allow them to incrementally take this away, it ain't coming back. Think about Think about something that's been taken away and how hard it is to get that right back once it's gone. We cannot allow this to stand. We have to fight it at every turn. You've got to you've got to call your representatives, your congressmen. You've got to call your senators and tell them, this is it. We will vote your butts out, period. Right? We gotta you've got to blow up Mitch McConnell's email box, right? And you've got to make sure, like, look, buddy. This ain't happening. Hands off, right? McConnell's been pretty weak need on some things. Now, look, to be fair, Mitch McConnell did pull through on us in the original, uh, I think when they were talking about braces and stuff, he did come out and say, look, you know, we're, we're not going to allow them to do this. He directed the DOJ to go the other way on braces. Now, of course, we see that there's still some unintended consequences from that. Uh, that we'll probably find out more about maybe come December. Mm. But who knows? Maybe if there's a red wave here in November, uh, we can reverse a lot of this stuff before it even has a chance to see the light of day, including the frame and receiver rule, uh, which hopefully all of these things, the bump stocks, braces, frame and receiver rule, assault weapons bans, capacity bans, all of these things will get shot back down to the lower courts, and they're going to have to mm. Give it the due diligence it deserves, which of course it has some pretty trying, uh, you know, implications. What's what's the precedent again? Um, history and the historical relevance or the the historical connotations of of the original way the Second Amendment was written. Yep. All right. The original intent. Yeah. Not what you think the intent is now, based on your political views. Yep. But the original intent of the Second Amendment is the standard by which the lower courts must determine the constitutionality of, of what they're going to rule on. Yep. And, and under that standard, well, look, magazine bans didn't exist back then. Assault mm-hmm. weapons bans didn't exist back then, right? If we're going off the original founding documents, I mean, look, it says what it says. It's in black and white. Let's see. Tradition and history. Mm-hmm. All right. Tradition and history. So, um, the the you mentioned the brace um, ruling and the frame and receiver ruling and such. I find it curious that it got pushed all the way back to December. I mean, it may just be a standard thing to push things back out like six months or whatever. But, I mean, it's just curious to me that it would be pushed after the election cycle and such. It's like they're kind of um, waiting to see what's going to happen. But also, because of the EPA ruling um, that dictated uh, regulatory agencies cannot make law. Yeah, right. Especially like, look, Chevron deference is 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 a big Mm -hmm. issue because now the EPA. Well, why would the EPA have anything to do with guns? Well, it has to do with regulatory agencies. Mm -hmm. So without getting, look, this is going to be a separate video that that Chad and I are going to make soon. It's just worth Uh, mentioning, but it is worth mentioning. The reason is because you know this isn't just a, a, a kind suggestion, right? These are things that carry the weight of death, imprisonment, you know. And, and they're using potential lethal force to enforce, right? So 
Chevron deference cannot be used in a position where something requires lethal force to enforce, Mm -hmm. right? A regulatory enforcement would be like a fine, okay, you call them up and you say, hey, you're doing this wrong, you you, you shimmed when you should have shammed, and here's a $100,000 fine or something like that. You're not not being threatened at gunpoint, but on these things, okay, what do you think? It's going to be a kind suggestion that you mark your receiver this way or that, oh, if you have a brace or a bump stock or any type of other evil feature we don't like, what? Now, that carries the weight of, you know, they show up, shoot your dog, kill you in the middle of the night. They're telling, right? I mean, it involves lethal force. So they're going to have to go back, and from a regulatory standpoint, they're going to have to – the administrative side of our government is being healed back by this Mm -hmm. ruling, and I hope that they're going to lose all of the power they think they have. I mean, they've literally just been given a free pass to be able to just make up things out of thin air. Now they have to have congressional approval, Mm -hmm. and that's probably one reason – that this is even being proposed is because they know that the building blocks are there for these regulatory agencies to be stripped of everything they've tried to accomplish, like at this point over the last decade. I think too, I mean, maybe in small, some way, I think it'll affect executive actions as well by the president. You know, I mean, Republican, Democrat, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, Trump laid out some crap that we certainly didn't agree with by executive action and by basically like dictate, you know? Yeah directing regulatory authorities to look at bump stocks. Oh, we may have to look at silencers, you know, bull crap like that. Like yeah. I said, you know, there's, there's, you know, <laughs> there's <laughs> ignorant people on both sides that need to be educated. Yeah. And who put that thought in his head? Yeah, I know. And some will accept the information and they will take it into account. Others like Nadler and, and, Cicilline and such, they're just going to rest on their own laurels. They don't care. And they don't care. And they will never be able to be convinced of the facts and the truth. They're just going to keep living in fantasy land. And, you know, these things will just keep getting put out there. And, you know, with, with any luck, you know, in support of people like you guys out there, you know, they'll continue to get shot down because, you know, this crap isn't common sense. That's I mean, right. But that's right. I mean, who put the idea to ban bump stocks in Trump's head? Trump didn't even know what a dang bump stock was until some little bird, some fud bird, landed on his shoulder and whispered that in his ear. I believe that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we're going to leave you on that thought. Um, appreciate you guys watching. I know this was kind of a long gripe, but I, I knew that Chad and I would have quite a few things to talk about, and I wanted us to just have a real informal discussion about this. It's always It is laughable. Informal. I mean, what they're trying to do. It's always informal. It's laughable, and it's 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 <laughs> treacherous. Yeah, and it's always laughable. I mean, you can't help but laugh. You know, laugh in the face of danger. I mean, look, I, I hope you guys enjoyed today's video, and we're trying to just be real truthful and honest and down-to-earth with you guys. That's how we roll. We don't we don't hold nothing back when it comes to this. This is a high level infringement, y'all, and we're we're not gonna we're not gonna sit by and 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 not put our our piece out there. We're gonna we're gonna have our piece on this, and I hope that you guys understand where we're coming from. And uh, thank you so much for watching today's video. Go over to Ballistic Inc. and pick yourself up a snazzy new T-shirt. That's one way you can support our efforts directly. Helps us put out these types of videos. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of what we do. And uh, you know, look, keep your heads up. We we have to to cut the head off the snake at every every turn, right? There's a lot of snakes in the grass out here, a lot of critters in the swamp, and we got to make sure we're keeping them on notice. So, you know, you know the drill. You know what to do. We have to get involved with this. Uh, you know, support your favorite gun rights organizations, you know, and maybe consider joining several. 
you know, I'm the Georgia State Director for GOA, uh, but I still support FPC, uh, Second Amendment Coalition. I mean, there's so many different people out there doing great work. Uh, consider joining several gun groups because it never hurts to get information from many different sources, right? I mean, sign up for the email notification so that any time a gun group puts out some information, you can kind of audit it against each other's information to get a really good snapshot, a good overall synopsis of what's going on. So I, I would suggest you join many gun groups, right? NAGR, I mean, uh, Nagger's awesome. I mean, Dudley over there is a good guy. GOA's awesome. FPC's awesome. You know, pick whoever you're going to join and, and join and get all the information you can. I, I'd say that's a pretty important effort because a lot of those groups are also putting in really good work in kind of like their own way. Like each of them attacks the problem from a different a different kind of perspective. So once you combine those efforts, it, it really does equate to an effective lobbying effort. So consider joining many gun groups. I mean, I'd love for you to join GOA, but don't hesitate. Like join, join them all. You know, if you can spare a few bucks, consider supporting them because they are strapped for money. And look, the anti-gunners have unlimited budgets. They've got all of these globalist billionaires keeping their coffers full of millions of dollars and we're, look, we're running on shoestring budget here, y'all. So if you can help, now that, that's, that's my preacher moment. So ho- hopefully, you know, do what you want, but that, that's my, that's my solution there mm-hmm. in terms of support. So anything else, Chad? Negative. <laughs> All right. Many more videos on the way. We'll see you soon. Thanks for dropping by. Make sure you click the notification bell, subscribe so you're getting all of our videos and we'll see you soon. <laughs>